Closing arguments and verbal fireworks today in New York's civil fraud case against the former president and his family business. Now, in a moment, we'll talk about how each side summed up the trial, which could spell the end of the Trump organization as we know it. First, though, keeping them honest, what the former president said outside the courtroom today came after the judge, Arthur N. Goron, in a reversal from his prior decision, allowed uh, Trump to speak in court and then eventually cut him off six minutes into a statement, ordering the defense to, quote, control your client. It continued after court with the former president making a string of claims, which could be true, but only if court records did not exist or newspapers or if time flowed backwards and cause and effect were reversed. Here's the condensed version. We didn't have a jury. We had no rights to a jury. This is a statute that's a consumer fraud statute, never been used for anything like this before, and it's a shame. We won this case already in the Court of Appeals. Now, keeping him honest again in the condensed version, because some of these claims have been repeatedly debunked, his lawyers never pushed for a jury trial. The statute in question, contrary to his claim, has certainly been used like this before, including against Trump University and, yes, the Trump Foundation, which generated millions of dollars in settlements and resulted in that foundation being dissolved. And no, the former president has not already won the case on appeal. One appeal did eliminate his daughter, Ivanka, as a defendant. A more recent appeal to pause the trial ended in defeat. Joining us now, CNN's Kara Scannell with more on what happened in court. Also, CNN legal analyst and criminal defense attorney Joey Jackson and Nellie Honig, CNN senior legal analyst and former federal prosecutor. So, Kara, what was it like in court today? So, you know, this was um, the closing moment in this case, and Trump, who was there for openings, was here again today for closings. Initially, he did not agree to the judge's terms to allow him to speak, so he wasn't going to speak. But then, after all of his attorneys finished their closing arguments, Chris Keis's lead attorney said to the judge, can the former president please speak? So the judge gave him the remaining five or six minutes of the day where he said, you can talk, but you have to work within these ground rules, which is what talk about the evidence and talk about the law. And Trump didn't. He proclaimed that he was an innocent man, that he was being persecuted. He said, this was a political witch hunt. What's happened here, sir, is a fraud on me. And he continued to go on and to attack the, pro the, the investigation. So the judge gave him a cue that he had one minute left. And Trump said to the judge, you have your own agenda. I understand that. Judge saying, Mr. Keis, please control your client. Trump saying, your honor, look, I did nothing wrong. They should pay me for what we had to go through, what they've done to me reputationally and everything else. So his lawyers and their closings were making the pitch that the attorney general's team did not put on one witness who said that they felt that a fraud was committed here from the banks that had given them loans or the insurers that had underwritten some of these policies. The attorney general's team said the buck stops with Trump. He's the head of the organization. And they said that the judge could infer from Trump's vast knowledge of all of the assets, including the triplex apartment that the AG's team said was overstated, which Trump has acknowledged was overstated for some of these financial statements, saying given his vast knowledge, they can infer that he had the intent to commit this fraud because he didn't change any of the valuations that they believe he knew were overvalued. Now, what was interesting, though, today is that the judge, who's very active, he interrupts everyone, he's very engaged in the closing arguments as he was throughout the trial, he stopped one of the attorney general's lawyers and brought up Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump and had said to them, what evidence, I haven't seen any, of fraud that you have that they knew that fraud had been committed. And so that put the attorney general's team on their back heels. Mm -hmm. But they said that, you know, you can't stick your head in the sand and use that as a defense. Once Trump was in the White House, his two sons are running the company. 
Elliot, how do you think ultimately the judge will decide here? So Donald Trump has already lost. Let's remember that. One of the seven counts the judge ruled before trial against Donald Trump. And I think Donald Trump's going to lose even further now. There are six other counts. Uh, and I think the judge is going to find against Trump on some or all of them. The big questions really are, how big is the decision going to be? How much money is the Trump org going to have to pay? I think that's the lesser concern. Bigger concern for the Trump org is they could lose their business certificates, which would put them out of business in New York and potentially nationwide, that's going to be up to the judge. But it's going to be a heavy hit for the Trump org. The, in their closing argument, the attorney general's team said that Trump, quote, acted with intent to defraud his financial statements. How do you expect intent to factor in the judge's decision? Yeah, so the AG's office has to prove intent as to these remaining counts. And as Kara said, I think it's actually really interesting. The AG's office acknowledged they did not have direct evidence. They asked the judge to infer from the other evidence, but that's perfectly legitimate. You do that at trial sometimes. You can, you can say, based on Michael Cohen's testimony, based on the fact that Trump ran this place, based on the extent of the overinflation, he had to have known, and that's the argument on intent. Joey, do you think the former president did himself any favors with the judge or with the end result in this? I mean, politically, there's one thing to his supporters, but in the court, did he do himself any favors by talking? So, Anderson, I think they are mindful, the Trump team, with regard to the two things they have to accomplish here. The one thing, obviously, is in court and what you have to communicate to the judge. Closing arguments are obviously about the facts and about the law. And I, actually, that was the reason that he couldn't give the closing argument, because he would not agree to follow those rules and instead wanted to wax poetic about the campaign, et cetera, attacking the attorney general, everyone else. So they said, you can't make it. So in terms of an in-court proceeding, I do not think that he did himself any favors with respect to denigrating the attorney general, saying it's a witch hunt, etc. However, there's that other imperative, which is very big, and that is there's a presidential election. And with regard to that, you want to contain and keep the narrative of what am I doing here? I'm a victim. I made a lot of money for these banks and other people. There was no fraud. I'm being persecuted. And that's something I think that plays to his followers. And as a result of that, there he may have done himself a lot of favors. So I think it's the bridging of those two gaps at the end of the day that he's very mindful of. Right. He's, he's fundraising also off all of these appearances. Uh, Kara, what happens next? I mean, what so the final word was said today. The legal briefs were all filed last week. The judge saying that he expects to make his decision, which will come in a written opinion by the end of the month. He said it's not a promise, it's not a guarantee, but look for it by January 31st. That, though, won't be the end of this because Trump's team has already said they're going to appeal. They expect to lose this. It's just a matter of what they're going to be appealing. So this is going to continue for months, potentially, on end until the appeals court has the final say on this. I'm joined now by a former federal prosecutor who is actually in the courtroom today, Christy Greenberg, as well as investigative journalist and author who spent years digging into Donald Trump's businesses and finances, David K. Johnston. Christy, I mean, you were in the courtroom today as this remarkable outburst, I guess we're calling it, of Trump's was happening. Uh, as someone who's been in plenty of closing arguments before, what did you make of, uh, of how that went? Well, it's so hard to sit there in the courtroom and see somebody just have so much disrespect for a judge, for the court of law, for how these proceedings are supposed to work. And, you know, 
the attacks on personal attacks on the judge, this is a judge who had a bomb threat this morning. That's why the, the amount of security that was in the courthouse was unlike anything I had seen. Um, and I had been to More other days. I had been other days when uh, various Trump family members had testified, and this was heightened. They were, they were clearly very concerned about threats. So for him to make this kind of a personal attack, and then when the judge tells his lawyer to control your client, I'm waiting for the moment where the judge will control him and say, you're, you're done, and if you continue, you'll be held in contempt, because that's what would happen to me or any other lawyer that was acting this way in courts, just not done. And David K. Johnston, I mean, looking at this, obviously it's very clear that the, the campaign is bleeding into to Trump's legal troubles. But him being there today, you know, it's not just about the campaign. He, this is also really personal to him because really this is his entire, his brand, everything that he's kind of, you know, made himself of that is at stake here. Yeah, Donald is his money or the appearance of his money because a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. And so to Donald, this is much more threatening to who he is as a person than the criminal cases. He, he can explain those away. He can deal with those much better as a psychological matter than the suggestion that he is, he's not really a successful businessman. He's a, a liar, a cheat, inflator, and a crook who has to rely on, you know, million-dollar testimony that's utterly unbelievable about his finances. Uh, and Donald, remember, has, doesn't believe anybody should have authority over him. No one. No one. Absolutely no one. Uh, the judge, though, uh, speaking of authority over him, has a lot of discretion here. And so, I mean, what is what is the end game in attacking the judge? Obviously, they're going to try to uh, appeal this, but the judge is the one who's deciding what that number looks like when this is over. And they've decided since the judge has already made a decision as to persistent fraud that Trump and the Trump Organization and the other defendants are liable. Uh, since he's already made that decision, they've just come out guns blazing and thinking that they will just create a record on appeal. Um, but the judge has a lot of discretion, not only as to liability about these other counts, but also as to what the penalties look like here. You've got a potential lifetime ban from participating in real estate for Trump and, and um, McConnie and Weisselberg. You've got disgorgement of ill-gotten gains and what that amount will be. He has a lot of discretion in terms of what calculation to use. Uh, so, you know, and then, yeah, there is this sense that, um, that, that if he is, you know, continued to be challenged, how, how, do, how does he separate that from, you know, his rulings? I think, I think it is hard. I think he will do his, but, but when you're continuing to deal with these personal attacks and your cl law clerk is dealing with those personal attacks, it, it is, he's human. It's hard to separate it. Yeah. And were you surprised at all when how, how Trump's legal team and Trump himself handled this in the sense of like, they opened up the arguments today with Trump's team saying that he should get a medal. You've seen you've seen their arguments that they've been making publicly. I mean, would it have helped if Trump was more repentant if he had kind of said, I didn't mean to do this, I, I should have done this? There's no chance Donald would do that. Donald's lawyers are like Donald's appraisers. They do as instructed. And you have lawyers here who are willing to do things they know perfectly well are not going to fly in court uh, because that's what Donald wants. So when Donald is in court, this is not about the law. This is about Donald, his campaign, and his ego.